Hello everyone and welcome back to More Knowing Wheel, episode 99 of your favourite Formula 1 show. And this week, as you might be able to tell by the doughy eyes and the, the calmer and deeper, darker tones of both of our voices, we're recording very, very early uh, in the morning this week. Jamie, of course... It was, you know, at the time of recording, it was Valentine's Day yesterday, so Jamie was, like, busy. What what were you up to, mate? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I was on a holiday over the weekend in Southampton with a few friends, and then on the way back Tuesday, I stopped in Nottingham to go and watch my football team, Barnet, get absolutely battered. Uh, did you lose, did you? Yeah, we did. Nah, <laughs> Unfairly, enough. it shouldn't have been 4-1, but there we go. Should we you did. have lost, though? Probably, yes. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But we are back. Like we said, of course, last week we did our preview show on the all-new Haas, uh, Red Bull and Williams. This time around we're doing it on the Alfa Romeo, the Alfa Tauri and the Aston Martin. Yes, we've got all of the A's this week um, to run through, of course. And then next week's show uh, we will be dedicating it to McLaren, Ferrari, Mercedes and Alpine, which probably is going to be the most interesting one to do, of course, because all four of those teams, you know, probably are going to be fighting uh, towards the top half of the grid but of course the first car therefore jamie to reveal uh, in the last week was the all-new alfa romeo of course we already got confirmation of their new sponsor in stake but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it so far i think still my favorite f1 2023 livery i probably would agree with that i think um an alfa romeo really haven't missed the mark with their last three liveries i would say now well, really, um, I'd say since Charles Leclerc came in, yeah, the, the, the yeah. gold and blue ones I weren't, a, I wasn't a fan of. But since then, they've been popping off bangers yearly. Yeah, yeah, and so last year's one, of course, was probably my favourite livery on the grid, and the one before with Kimi and Giovinazzi was also very, very good. So this is just a, a next in the run, and it is like especially the on track ones, which we've seen in a few very short videos of the car. I think it was in Bahrain with Bottas driving. Um, or was it Spain? I can't remember. It I was think somewhere. it was Barcelona, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it just looks really, really good. Probably better in real life than it does in the renders, which were tweeted and publicised and stuff. But yeah, the, the black and red. The one thing I would say, it looks a little bit too much like a Ferrari. Um, but it does look great. And to be fair to Alfa they kind of are like a mini Ferrari, aren't they? So it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, and I mean, let's be fair. I mean, in, in most of Formula 1 history... If your car looks a bit like a Ferrari, it's not normally a bad shout, is it? No. <laughs> to be fair, they're, they're not exactly known for making... Well, I mean, every team has a few ugly Formula 1 cars, but, I mean, of course, we we have actually seen the 2023 Ferrari as well now. Obviously, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but that thing doesn't look too bad either. But, no. I mean, for me, I think I'm going to rate this car... I guess the the only problem we've still got, isn't it, is the fact that pretty much every car on the 2023 grid has got like a fair amount of black on it of course because mm. they're just trying to go with a naked carbon uh just to save weight um yeah it does still surprise me that none of the teams seem to be able to get the cars down to the weight without having to do things like this um mm. but it, it would be nice sort of if next year or the year after we're starting to get cars with more branding again because it's getting a bit repetitive isn't it yeah yeah it's just like they came up with a nice all the teams across the board really came up with well what they thought was a good livery at the start of last year and then gradually have been ripping the paint off it until it's now the good livery plus a load of naked carbon. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. But I think for me, uh, Alfa Romeo livery, I'm going to give it a solid 9 out of 10, I reckon. 
Uh, best livery it, by far. I'd give it the same as well. 9 out of 10. 18 out of 20 is definitely Very good. a new high score. But, I mean, obviously looking back towards 2022 then, Jamie, you know, like we said, we, we do a bit of a preview. Uh, the best way to sort of look towards the future is sometimes just to look back. Alfa Romeo had one of the weirdest 2022 campaigns, I think, didn't they? Mm. Uh, when we sort of look across the board. Uh, started out of the year, obviously Valtteri Bottas and Zhou Guanyu, you know, they were the only team with a completely new driver lineup uh, going into 2022. Started the year, uh, you know, very, very well. Valtteri Bottas scoring big points on many occasions. Of course, that fantastic, was it P4 at Imola? Early on in uh, the campaign. P5 even, sorry, Imola, it's wasn't fifth, it? Yeah. Early on in the campaign. And, you know, Spain running very, very well as well. You know, all throughout those early races, because, of course, they were the only team, it was believed, uh, that had their car down to the minimum weight requirement. And then they just went quiet, didn't they, throughout most yeah. of the campaign? The development cycle was really quite poor. Up until, uh, I believe it was Mexico, or maybe one race before USA, Mexico. yeah. USA. Um, but, yeah, between... Really, Canada got a double points finish and probably should have been a little bit higher if they weren't for some unfortunate things happening in the race. Weaving with virtual safety also. cars. Yeah, hand weaving. <laughs> um, but yeah, from there on, they really didn't ever have the car for points again until the US Grand Prix. And the, the le- there was a little bit of a run at the end of the season with Bottas, but Joe was only able to pick up like a few points here and there mid season where Bottas, I think he went something like 12 races in a row without scoring after scoring in basically the first eight or nine so it's pretty insane really that the car was that good because it was really at the head of the midfield or certainly in the top five performance wise at the very start with Bottas driving and then mid-season yeah. it suddenly got passed by basically everyone they were kind of seventh or eighth most races or even ninth on some occasions like it was pretty insane the drop off and it was just like the flick of a switch really because it was yeah, almost instant between Canada and then the next races. It was kind of just there and then done. Yeah, it was certainly a bit strange, wasn't it, from Alfa Romeo to sort of say. It was mm. almost like... It, it was kind of one of those ones where it felt like every other team had suddenly brought a load of upgrades. And, of course, we had seen other teams bringing more and more upgrades uh, throughout the year. And I, I do wonder if there was still some sort of internal struggle uh, inside Alfa Romeo where perhaps they had obviously started the year so strong that they felt that they didn't need to bring any upgrades and then kind of got to the summer break and thought, guys, we kind of need to do something (laughs) uh, before this season runs out. That being said, though, they were still able to just, only just, hang on ahead of Aston Martin come season's end, of course, by virtue of that P5 that we mentioned at Imola uh, for Valtteri Bottas, of course, tied with Aston Martin, who really did come on strong uh, in the second half of the campaign. Uh, But P5, I mean, for Alfa Romeo, a very, very good result uh, based on previous years as well. But when we look towards 2023, Jamie, do we think it's going to be about trying to maintain... Do we believe they can try and push... Sorry, P6, wasn't it, even? Yeah. Um, do we believe they can try and push any higher than that? Or is that kind of the ceiling with Formula 1's landscape? Mm, I do kind of feel like if they finish sixth again, that would be really impressive. Because actually you have got a team behind the Aston Martin behind them who probably will have a better car this year because the first half of the season last year they were really not great in terms of performance and they probably have a better driver lineup as well um, which is now get me in the comments if you want but I'd think Alonso right now is going to be performing higher than Vettel 
was last year. So right, yeah. all of those things combined, I do expect Alpha. Uh, sorry, I expect Aston Martin to jump ahead of Alpha Romeo for sixth, and then I do kind of think the rest of the teams above are a little bit too far. So yeah, I expect a drop of one maybe, but if they can finish sixth, then that'd be pretty insane two years in a row because I think it's their best result since 2013 2012 probably 2012 yeah yeah but I mean of course the the, the thing is what we've got to remember with Alfa Romeo at the moment is there are a lot of other moving parts uh, going on within that organisation of course Audi was successful uh, in buying their first part of the obviously stake inside the team Uh, so whether we're going to sort of see you know Audi Oh, they they won't be a massive amount, but you know potentially pumping a little bit of money uh, into that program, getting them more prepared, uh, ready for the full Audi takeover in a few years' time. And of course, you know the fact we we haven't mentioned it so far, but Zhou Guanyu did struggle early on last year. I mean we've we've said it countless times over mm-hmm. and over. Uh, of course, was a bit unlucky with the fact that obviously he was still adapting to Formula One when Bottas scored pretty much all of the team's points uh, early on in the campaign, but was very very competitive uh, with Valtteri later on in the season do we think do we think obviously of course going into 2023 that really of course the question is still what's going to happen with Teoport share uh, from their F2 roster is it kind of one of those situations where Zhou Guanyu has still got a fair shot to prove himself or is it kind of unless you do mega mate Teo's getting the seat no I think I think they prefer him more but like they put a bit more respect to him than that because Basically, I th- obviously I've got Teo Porcher, who is still very young, still going to his third year of F2, and he's going to be turning 20 this year, I believe. Late um, on this year, if I'm mis- yeah. not mistaken. So he's obviously a very hot prospect. He's in the Salva Junior team, which is very good for them. But I don't think they would drop Joe unless he did perform quite poorly. Um, so I think he has to take... fanboys him sneaking in? <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all but you kind of see teams these days especially when they bring in a rookie um, they kind of give them like they've got to do something particularly poor or just perform consistently below average for a long time to actually get dropped and not see um, much progress I think is the yeah, big one isn't yeah. it so I think if Joe takes even quite a small to medium step forward from last year they wouldn't drop him um, really? no I don't think so Interesting, interesting. See, I, I'm definitely more of the mindset of he's got to be right, probably with Bottas, pretty much from the get go. No, I, I don't think, think that. I, I reckon <laughs> there's going to be more internal pressure inside Sauber to try and get Teopol chair and F1 seat ready for 2024. Um, just because, of course, you know, like we said, he is a hot prospect, and I'm sure, you know, if he does finally get that F2 championship, um, that you know he probably should be very close to last year. Um, and I mean at 19 that is 18-19 that's incredibly good going mm-hmm. I think there might be other teams starting to consider knocking on the door quite soon if Sauber Alfa Romeo don't do anything about it Colin and Jamie one bold prediction for Alfa Romeo in 2023 hmm, one bold prediction I actually can't remember what I said last week for different teams but out of pure fanboyism I will go for a Joe Guan Yu top 5 on okay. one occasion okay. that feels fairly safe because he probably wasn't that far away from that on a few occasions last season okay interesting interesting I am going to say it's, it might be less bold than that 
and of course helped slightly by more races. But I, I I'm going to say Alfa Romeo are going to score more points than they did last year. I'm not going to wow. say they finish higher, but I reckon they will score more points this year. That'd be insane. That that'd be a very high scoring year for them. Well, I'm also thinking you know there's two extra races, a few extra sprints yeah, as suppose. well. Um, but that's that's going to be my one. And I mean, I feel like this one's still fairly easy, but the, there's every inclination that you might disagree with me. Which driver is going to score more out of Joe Guanyu and Valtteri Bottas? I think Bottas still. Yeah. Yeah. Head I think over he's still there. definitely the, the, the number one driver within that organisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, has looked more and more comfortable uh, in recent years. Let's head over then, Jamie, to New York. Of course, Fashion Week over there. And the all-new Alpha Tauri car. Yeah, we're, we're smashing through both of the Alpha cars this week, of course. Um, not only have we moved over to New York, but so has Orlin as well, of course. And very, very prominently on the 2023 mm-hmm. Alpha Tauri car. Leaving Alfa Romeo, going to Alpha Tauri. An interesting move there. But this Alpha Tauri car, I mean, it is just the digital renders again. We don't know uh, quite how much of the paint's going to get stripped off come... Uh, Bahrain does look again very cool mm, I'm less keen maybe than you are <laughs> I I prefer the last year's car or the one before to be honest Okay. I think I mean it's alright but I don't particularly like the red or len sponsors which obviously they're completely strangle held into putting on um, but for me I prefer it without that or at least less prominently but yeah, it's a cool looking livery, but I'm not, it's not my favourite. No, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so out of 10 then, Jamie, what, what are we ranking the all new Alpha 20 Alpha Tower livery? I feel like we might differ on this one. Yeah, slightly. I'll go for a six. You're going to hate me for okay, that. Okay, okay. I was going to go with about a seven and a half or an eight, to be fair. Okay, so that's good. I think it is right up there. Not quite Alpha Romeo. Um, but still very, very good. Now, of course, Alpha Tauri, we, we've always said this. I think a lot of people often forget about this, and perhaps this is slowly changing as well. They're always a weird team uh, when it comes into Formula 1, obviously, when mm. we sort of talk about success and things like that, because they're not really a Formula 1 team like any other. And, of course, we've we've banged this drum many, many times before uh, in the past. But Alpha Tauri, if they're winning, it doesn't look good for Red Bull. No. No, the aim is not to win, which is very strange. Uh, it must be difficult being in the management team of that team. But, um, yeah, for them, success looks like bleeding young drivers and getting them into Red Bull, <laughs> which they actually haven't really done for a very long time <laughs> successfully. So, no, no. Yeah, it's it always is difficult for them because especially at the start of a rule cycle, they're not really prioritising performance, which means they often get dropped by everyone. <laughs> So hopefully that doesn't completely happen and they end up cast off at the back. But like if you compare it straight to 2021 versus 2022, which was the end of a rule cycle versus a start, they dropped, what, three places in the constructors? And yeah, biggest performance wise, was, performance was also not great at all. No, no, exactly. And I mean, Alpha Tari, of course, you know, they just... I mean, I think we were kind of thinking... You know, this was probably going to be Pierre Gasly's last year with the team. Of course, you know, he absolutely was a star of 2021. Um, uh, but 
yeah, 2022 just it didn't feel like it clicked really for either driver, did it? You know, they had a couple of decent races. You know, Baku, I think, is still, of course, you know, especially for Yuki, an opportunity gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but P9 behind Haas there come the end of the year. You know, they were definitely stronger than Haas uh, on quite a few occasions later on in the campaign. But again, a bit like Aston Martin with Alfa Romeo, uh, they were just trying to play catch up and from a bit too far back, a bit too late on in the year. Uh, of course, you know, like we mentioned, they've now lost Pierre Gasly as well. So Yuki Sonoda and Nick DeFries uh, means that Alpha Tauri, their driver's height makes up just 9.5% of the F1 grid when every team should be at around the 10% mark. Wow. Yeah, they are very short drivers, aren't they? They could have made the car shorter and taken advantage of that. <laughs> well, could have done. No difference. Could have done. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm not blown away by this lineup, to be honest. Um, not to go super down on them. I think they're probably in terms of experience, the two of the most inexperienced drivers on the grid. Uh, Yuki's been around for a while now. Yuki's into his fourth year, isn't it? Third year, sorry. Third year. Um, but if I was to rank the driver pairings, which I'm sure we'll do down the line, this would probably be my I lowest. I think we already have oh, done, we already have done it. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> that. I think it was my lowest. Um, yeah, I'm pretty certain it was for both of us. So, it'll be interesting to see what they can come up with, but I really don't expect that much and Yuki doesn't strike me as the sort of driver to lead a team and obviously De Vries has had the total of one race in an F1 car but he's yeah, done a lot think, of testing so maybe he, yeah. he will be able to do that it's it's going to be a very very testing year for Avatar, it's either going to be one that we look back on and go yeah we kind of can see this from a mile out or we look back on it and go fair play Yuki did really well he and Nick DeFries worked nicely together you know Nick brought a lot of experience from other teams and Yuki obviously brought you know, being around the AlphaTauri program for a few years. Um, but it does feel, you know, for me, honestly, Nick DeFries kind of feels a little bit like when they brought Brendan Hartley in. You yeah. know, he's he, obviously he's not quite as old as Brendan Hartley, but it just kind of feels he like... He's far Al- off, to be honest. No, he's not, is he? But, I mean, Brendan Hartley, I think, was in his mid-30s, and obviously Nick DeFries is pushing up towards 30. Um, but it, it just kind of feels, again, like we might be in for another year where AlphaTauri are kind of just a team that's there... Uh, rather yeah. than a team that's got a young prospect ready for Red Bull or a team that is really delivering towards the front of the midfield. That being said, though, you know, sometimes second year of rule changes, they have done very well. 2015, a good example of that. They often were hassling mm-hmm. Red Bull uh, as well that year, of course, because Red Bull had an absolute dog-do season. I'm not expecting that particularly uh, in 2023. <laughs> but as we look towards the new year, Jamie, it's a bit difficult to really say what aspirations they should have. Yeah, it is, because, you know, when you've got the likes of a really exciting young driver like Max Verstappen or, like, Daniel Ricciardo or someone back from a long time ago, Sebastian Vettel, the, the aim is really to, yeah, give them their Nurture shot in F1 yeah. and see what happens. But, realistically, I don't think either of us see Sonoda or De Vries ending up in Red Bull, and certainly if they do, they're not a, they're not like a Red Bull future champion like you kind of earmark the others for. Yeah. So it's going to be a bit weird. It's going to be like, oh, there they are. They're still here. <laughs> and then... Alpha Alpha Tauri came twelfth <laughs> and thirteenth this week. That was better than they did last week. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's uh, it's difficult to see who the next young prospects are. I guess you've got still got Hauger, who maybe will kick on. I guess you've got Isaac Hajar, Zane Maloney, maybe could be big. Hajar especially, I think he's about seventeen. So. Potentially, if he does well enough to, they'll stick him in for next year. But well, I'm shocked you haven't see. mentioned Liam Lawson. No, I've given up on that. He's off to Super Four now, isn't he? 
Yeah, but so. Gasly did that. Well, I think I think Lawson should have got this seat this year, to be honest. But I he may get his Toro Rosso after eventually, but I don't think he'll. Again, he's not one of those like future champion type drivers, is he? No. Or is Hajar or whoever might be if they kick on. No, exactly, exactly. Um, but I mean, yeah, twenty twenty three. Where where do we think they're going to be aiming for, Jamie? I I reckon it's probably going to be another year of P nine, to be honest. Uh, I don't remember. If I said Williams would finish ninth. Didn't I think they will. Last, did you? I would either put AlphaTauri ninth or someone go back and check what I said for Williams. Yeah, I'll stick with ninth. Maybe that's two teams in ninth place now. I, I'm going to create a graphic at the end of this for all <laughs> our predictions, and it's going to be like six yeah. teams in ninth yeah. or something like that. Uh, one pro prediction then, Jamie, for AlphaTauri in 2023. Oh, it's difficult to be bold with a team like this. Um, I will say, okay, okay. I will say they only get one Q3 appearance. Even though Franz Tost has come out saying that Yuki Tsunoda needs to be making it into Q3 every week. Yeah, but of course he's saying that. Fair enough. He also says he hates Christmas, so I don't really listen to Franz Tost. I love the fact that the only thing we remember about Franz Tost is he hates Christmas from like six years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I am going to keep to the theme like I did with Alfa Romeo, but I'm going to say Alfa Tauri score less points than they did in 2022. Fewer points. Sorry. Fewer points. Fewer points. Okay. Okay. Uh, and which driver do we think is going to win out then? Yuki or Nick? Well, this is like, yeah, a bit of a shot in the dark, really. I don't, I don't expect much from either driver. Um, I will go De Vries. Okay. And for the sake of being interesting, I'm going to say Yuki. Um, nice. I think it's, it's going to be one of those ones where it's just going to be one big result carries one ahead of the other. Yeah. Uh, a bit like we said, you know, potentially down in a couple of other organisations. Let's move on then, Jamie, to our third and final team then of this week's discussion. And it's Aston Martin. A lot of hype around this team, a Mm. lot of excitement. Of course, Fernando Alonso has come out in the last week, most likely a gunshot, oh, sorry, a gunpoint, in saying that Lance Stroll is a potential future F1 champion. Um, Yeah, Lawrence Stroll clearly has things in his contract. But Yeah, Alonso knows where his money comes from. um, The delivery does look again quite good before yeah, all of the paint gets stripped off but again it is a carbon copy if you pardon the pun from last year really oh yeah so yeah I mean I don't know what we expect really as F1 fans I just want to tangent this real quick yeah but like they are brands at the end of the day this is like the reason manufacturers go into F1 is to boost their image and their brand to sell road cars yeah and part of having a brand is having a consistent appearance. This is why Ferrari has been red for the last 70 years. <laughs> like, it is kind of their, that's what they do. Yeah, and I yes, mean, at the end of the day, these are 200 mile an hour brand boards. Billboards. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, so, it's not that like, I don't know what we expect. Obviously, when you're a little independent team, you can be a bit quirky and fun and change your livery every few years. But... <laughs> Teams like Red Bull, who are serious, like Mercedes. Jamie, we haven't really got any teams like that anymore. No, I know they've all been overtaken. <laughs> so it's like these are all very serious organisations. They can't be going making the car pink every two seconds when they fancy it. Looks anymore. Alpine last oh, year. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone's kind of picked a colour and a design, and then I'm just going to stay with that. It's all about brand identity. Yeah, you want someone to be able to look at your car 
and go, that is a Ferrari. Or, oh, wait, no, that's an Alfa Romeo. Mm. <laughs> that being said, though, Aston Martin did have a good livery last year, and it's another good livery this year. Yeah, it is, definitely. And the only major difference is they've it's got toned a 14 down the on neon. it rather than a 5. Yeah, they've toned down the neon, like the lighter green a little bit, haven't they? Yes, yeah, um, so slightly it looks like. But it does look quite nice, and especially under some floodlights, that'll look really good I think with the glossy glossy green paint yes yeah um where do we where we what we rank in that livery then Jamie I'll go for a safe seven okay I, I was gonna go with a seven and a half it is quite weird because I think all three liveries this week have been bangers I know you disagree with the Alpha Tower yeah I don't I don't like the Alpha Tower um, but I do think all three of these liveries are looking quite damn fine um, but of course, Aston Martin, you know, there is a lot of... I think it's probably one of the most hyped-up teams as we get into 2023, isn't it? I know we've yeah. discussed it before, um, but really did sort of kick on strong in the second half of 2022, you know, maintain a lot of momentum. And, yep, yeah, we are saying it, they have got a better lineup than they did last year. Mm-hmm. Alonso, current Alonso, outperforms uh, last year Vettel. Uh, by how much is yet to be decided because of course Aston Martin will break down his spirits very quickly uh, we're <laughs> all expecting that spirits uh, but well. a bit of both to be honest I mean I'm still expecting this to be an absolute implosion at some point this year I'm not sure Alonso he generally gives new teams at least one year before kicking off does he though does he really unless they're absolutely awful like McLaren Honda but yeah yeah, I think I expect good things from Alonso. Um, and yeah, I do hope for his sake that Aston Martin can give him a car capable of him, of his talent, because he hasn't really had that for the last few seasons now, or certainly the reliability. Since 2006. Yeah. 2007, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I call it 2010. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Aston, if you look at trajectory, I think I said this before in the podcast, but they are probably the biggest maybe them and Mercedes are two of the biggest upward trajectory teams based on in-season development last year but nothing kills trajectory like a Spanish pensioner <laughs> great this is just <laughs> Matt's uh, chance to hate Alonso for the first time this season I just so. I, I just can see the articles now though Jamie this is the problem of Alonso by the summer break already wants out of his deal is he going to try and look somewhere else? Aston Martin are going to get rid because he keeps ne- nicking Lance Stroll's milk cartons at lunch. <laughs> it's just going to be a bloodbath, and then they they're not going to score the results they need. Uh, I mean, let's be. I mean, Ocon spoke about it last year, didn't he? I thought it was still quite a telling interview uh, when he was talking about obviously the fact that Alonso did no PR work and things like that. <laughs> are we going to see Lance Stroll having to try and sell golf clubs and things like that all the time? He's pretty built um, for that, to be honest. He, but he's got no personality either. No. No, it, no. It's just, I, I feel like this is going to be make or break for Aston Martin. Uh, and most of that will come down to the whim of which side of the bed Fernando Alonso gets out of. Yeah, yeah, he's quite a volatile character, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then, yeah, I do, I mean, I don't know what order of it to go again, but I expect Alonso to win out despite going up against yeah. a future world champion exactly. in his own words uh, but yeah well there's still a big part well this is what again this is what I don't get like when people are mentioning this he said that about basically everyone he's yeah, been I know, up yeah. with <laughs> he just he says it so then when he beats them he can go look how great I am yeah basically. it's completely just yeah to boost his own 
perception. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> Ego, basically, yeah. Yeah, isn't, basically. isn't it? Um, but, I mean, that being said, though, potentially, Aston Martin could come into the new year, you know, with a car that is close to Alpine and McLaren, and Alonso just decides he's going to start kicking heads in around yeah. the field, and, you know, could bring them into a position where they are fighting for best of the rest. Yeah. But with one hand tied behind his back because his teammates Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah, I do... Yeah, I kind of think they will take a step forward towards Alpine and McLaren. I mean, they kind of were there or thereabouts anyway towards the end of last season. Um, but even if they do have a car that's on a par with those two, I don't think they'll finish any higher than sixth. Just because if Alonso is getting 70 points, I think Stroll will be on about 20. It's a very, very good point. I mean, <laughs> really for them, it just depends on... How decent Gasly? How long it takes before Gasly and Ocon are having an argument like, in yeah, French on top of each other about in the cheese trap. or something? Um, how quickly Oscar Piastri can adapt to Formula One as well? Because um, mm. of course, you know, it could end up being in a situation that we get a lot of great battles between Alonso and Lando this year. You know, the yeah. best of the rest. That'd be great. I'd I'd sign up for that right now, to be honest. One bold prediction then, Jamie, for Aston Martin in twenty twenty three. Ooh. I, is it bold? I'll go for it. Alonso to finish P2 in a race. That is very bold. Uh, I, I was actually going to go down quite a different theme here. Uh, I'm going to say, although Alonso is going to comfortably outrank Stroll in 2023, I'm going to say Stroll gets the single better result. That would be funny. He's That'd just going to get the funny. most... It's going to be like Felipe Master in 2017, where he just gets an eggy podium somewhere. <laughs> uh, that well, you can tell them for the rest of the campaign, eat away at Alonso. Because Stroll yeah. will come in every lunchtime and just put that trophy down <laughs> in the canteen. It goes along with our prediction when we did our bold predictions generally that I said Alonso will whitewash Stroll in qualifying. Yes. Which I yeah. still think will happen. There's a very good chance it'll happen in 2023. Is there anything else to go over though, Jamie, this week? Uh, I don't believe so. I did a little bit of research and Brendan Hartley, the point of debuting for Toro Rosso, was 29 Oh, okay. I thought he was Which much older than that. a year older than Nick DeVries is right now. Fair so, enough. So, yeah, it does remind me of that. <laughs> it is very, very close, isn't it, uh, between the two of them. But I think that's going to wrap us up, though, then for this week's Knowing Wheel podcast. Of course, we will be back next week, like we said, with episode 100 and our final F1 2023 preview show. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. If you have enjoyed, like I said, you know, check us out. Links will be down uh, in the description below. You know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff as well. Um, but yeah, we will be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel. And yeah, um, I, I've introed that horrendously, so we'll, we'll see you next week.